today we're talking about a little bit about training, like running progression. Um, I'm thinking, you know, beginning runner or someone who hasn't run in a long time and wants to get back into it. Maybe we could give them some idea on how to do that transition from like not running a lot to running a bit more like safely and uh, help get them through it without getting Because I know, and you know, you cannot get to the finish line if you get to the starting line. Right? Very good point there, Eric. You, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could. You could. You could cheat and just start at the finish line, but I don't think that would work too well. Yeah, you wouldn't get I don't Like, they would probably uh, disqualify you. Yeah. And uh, You know what? This is this is actually a good topic because a lot of the injured runners that we see fit in that category where they were either going from you know like the what's that program the couch to five k right yep. or they're they're using you know we did a lot of work with a team in training with the leukemia and lymphoma society over the years right um, yeah and these yep. are people who are raising money for a great cause they have a loved one afflicted by leukemia so. They started at no running, and then they trained. I think they gave them, what, 16 weeks, and then they were trained for a marathon. So we see these people, huge increases in mileage and intensity of running, um, yep. and they leave through and they get hurt. You know, And it stinks that you get these people at the point where they're getting motivated, they're getting into it, their mileage is getting up, they're feeling good about it, and then mm-hmm. boom, they get an injury, and then phew. So emotionally, mentally, and physically, it just goes downhill. So preventing that would be great. Absolutely. Um, what I find too is like with folks who are either beginners or they're just kind of back into it, it is for a lot of them a mental thing more than it is a physical thing. Um, where if one issue pops up, it's kind of like wheels fall off and it's game over. Um, so I think like you're saying, it's very important topic because like, I know when I get injured and I'm like not able to do something I love to do, it can mentally be pretty full. And I also don't feel right. I just feel right physically yeah. if I can't do what I like to do. Um, right. And actually true, but like runner's high feels like it's a thing to me. You no, know, it's true. There's, there's a lot of happy hormones and endorphins going on when you run. And they make people feel good, right? That's, so that's why. If you're if you're used to that every day of your life, and then all of a sudden it's taken from you because of an injury or whatever, and you can't do it, yeah, you're gonna feel that physiologically. So it, there's a truth to it, man. And that's so a big part. So it's one thing just about being hurt and not being able to get your runs in, but you're taking away with a lot of these people a way of life, who they are. It's habitual. It's their mental stress. It's their emotional health. I mean, mental stress relief. It's emotional. Um, it helps build emotional stability. It's all these benefits throughout the whole body. So getting hurt, especially when you're kind of ramping up and you're feeling really good about it, is, it's, it's, it's awful. Like we see it. We have tissue boxes in our offices, not for sneezing and snots, but for tears because <laughs> we deal with this a lot. I, oh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I know that we deal with it a lot, too, because we do like a beginning runner group training program um you know when there's not a pandemic happening um they 
if they get injured and we don't see them, then we try to like reach out and make sure we stay in contact with them and support them emotionally through it. Um, yeah. and guide them towards people like yourself who can help them get back into the swing of things. Um, yeah, yeah. so if I am a beginner runner or someone <clears throat> back into this thing, what, what we try to do is like a run walk program and then gradually build up to running. Um, yeah. do you think that's like a safe way to approach things? Absolutely. So there's many different versions of a walk run or beginner getting into running type of program. Mm -hmm. um, I'll let you know a couple of things that I think should be included, like um, injury prevention wise. Mm -hmm. And um, just keep in mind, like I say, almost every week, every person's different. So what you might need is different than what I might need, depending on where your athletic history is and what you've what your physiology is, right? But for mm -hmm. the most part, no one can just start off going out and running a mile, right? Because running a mile, depending on your stride, is about 1,000 to 1,200 steps every mile. That's a lot of repetition of something you've never done before. Yeah. So some version of the walk-run is ideal, so you're limiting the amount of impact load of those 1,200 steps, right? So some of those are walking, which is a lot less stress on the body. Yeah. Um, some people, we start just walking. Like if you can't tolerate 45 minutes of walking, I don't think mm -hmm. you should even start a walk-run program right. in general, not for everyone. So you got to tolerate, you know, I call it time on foot. you got to be able to spend a lot of time on, on your feet, going from one foot to the next in order to build the running. Yes. Um, and then also over the, over the past probably six or seven years, I've incorporated jumping into this. Because um, what is running, right? We're basically jumping from one foot to the next. Yeah. If you're like me, you don't jump very far. And I've seen your stride. You're like the leaping leprechaun, like so. But it's yeah. jumping from <laughs> from one to the next. Mm -hmm. So I do a, like a jump rope program, and you don't even need the jump rope. It's literally just sitting in place, two feet jumping up and down, right? So if you yeah. think about when you're running, you have anywhere from one and a half to sometimes even higher um, forces of of your body weight coming into your leg. So if I weigh 100 pounds, I could have 150 to 175 pounds jamming up into my leg. Um, so if you get two feet and now you don't have that forward momentum of running, you're just kind of going up and down, that impact load is cut dramatically. So now you can build some resiliency of those tissues, get your body used to that jarring impact without the amount of load that could lead to injury. Yeah. So walking tolerance, um, impact tolerance through a jumping program, and then into a walk-run program. From the medical side of running, that's what I would say. That's cool. So maybe that's something we can incorporate a little bit before we start a program. So like we do, we spread most of the programs we've seen have been like 10 weeks, maybe eight weeks, which is kind of a little scary for us. So we stretch it out to like 14. Um, yep. But maybe before we even start, get on that like walking, make sure you can walk for this amount of time, yeah. try some hope, um, and then you'll be ready to rock. So, cool. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. so it's almost like pre-work before they even get to you guys. Um, mm -hmm. Which I think, you know, if you get, not many running groups keep stats on injuries, but if, if you even just looked at it, I could almost guarantee you'd see a lower amount of injuries or even the intensity of the injury would be a lot less because they're preparing their tissues for what you guys are doing. And I know your programs that, you know, I've talked to a lot of the beginning runner groups, and you guys mm -hmm. do a great job progressing. 
But yeah. still, what happens? You guys get a handful of injuries every time, right? Oh, totally. Yeah, I mean, we'll start yeah. with you know, uh, 100 people, 50 people, and then, like, it's at least we'll lose, like, 10 to 15 maybe of that 100. Yeah. And then um, what I find, too, is, like, it. I think doing that pre-work, too, will help with that mental side of things as well. So not just, like, preventing the injury physically, but building confidence in the fact that they can actually yeah. do Because, like I was saying, it's very tough to get them to get beginners or someone coming back from injury to make that switch on. Like, go, okay, I can handle um, So the pre-work, make it walk for X amount of time, do some jumping, maybe uh, some of the strengthening exercise talk about, single leg yeah. stuff. Um, can just help mentally get them ready to rock too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So can I ask you a question? Yeah. How do you guys, as far as like calculating mileage or minutes run, what's the progression you use for the first few weeks of that beginner program? Yeah, so we start with, I think the first workout is only about 10 minutes of uh running or and walking so like it's like yep. uh one minute walk one minute run yep. i think 10 times the first day um but it's another thing what we also try to do is kind of like what you're saying before we get to it we we reach out to them and say like hey start walking start getting comfortable on your feet and then this is the day we're starting this is the workout so we want to be ready to go. Um, yeah. But it'll start off with like that 10 minutes and then uh, it'll kind of grad, super gradually increase. What our plan kind of does is like maybe the first week where we do that same workout two times in a row, actually maybe three times in a row because we do like Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Um, and then the following week will build up a little bit. Maybe that 10 minutes is more like 12 minutes. And then the week after that, we kind of back down the 10 minutes. We do a lot of that where we'll build up and then come build down, back build awesome. back up. Um, and so the idea is just to kind of get them uh, build strength, but get them confident that they are spending that time on their feet. So when they have those easy weeks, they can kind of like, uh, all right, I can yeah. do that. Um, yeah. And then they're, like, ready to rock when we build back up again. And you guys kind of have your built-in recovery days, and within that programming, when the mileage goes up and down, you're building in some relative recovery, which is great. Right, yeah. So we try to make sure that, like, every after every workout, you take at least a day and recover, whether it's just, like, do nothing or maybe you're hitting the foam roller we'll build it out on their little weekly training plan to like, yep. you know, Tuesday's our workout. Wednesday, we want you to home roll for 15, 20 minutes and we'll put it on there. So it like, hopefully gets them to do it. Um, yeah. But then, you know how it is with like life gets in the way. Sometimes like they can't show up to Tuesday. So they are doing Wednesday. And then we get that question. If I'm running Wednesday. Do I do Thursday? And right. no, no, you don't. <laughs> um, so we always try to make sure that there's at least a day off in between. And if we yeah. have, to, if you have to skip one of the workouts that week, 
that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you know? I hear you. So, you know the 10% rule, right? I do, yeah. You know where it came from? I don't. Not many people do. It's just, <laughs> it's just out there, right? It is. I mean, we use it in the, in the medical side of things. I know coaches use it. So mm -hmm. I went on this quest, and I did all this research years ago. Actually, when I was putting together the, the coaches course, uh, the yep. Armstrong coaches course that I did. Um, and then I started using, um, what's it called, the acute chronic load ratio. It's this fancy formula that they use for sports, and you, you kind of take an average of what you did for three weeks. And they did this not just with runners, but with other sports, and they somehow um, were able to quantify the workload that these athletes were doing. And then mm -hmm. you predict, you can predict um, injury by what you plan on doing for the next week. So it's a little confusing. Oh. So let's say right now I'm planning for next week. So I'll take yeah. my average miles for this week and then the previous two weeks. So I get that three or four week running average. Mm -hmm. And what it shows is that if you increase the next week by more than 1.2 of a ratio, um, yeah. your risk of injury goes up a tiny bit. Over 1.6 it dramatically mm -hmm. goes up, something like 60, 70% increased risk of injury. So 1.2 is basically a 12% increase. Like it's not, it's not much different than that 10% rule that's lying around. So I was mm -hmm. using the formula and giving it to people and they were calculating. And now I just go back to, let's go back to a 10 or 15% rule and keep it around that mark. Um, and with that, people just got to realize, you know, that that ten percent rule increase is not just on mileage; it's intensity. If you're doing more speed work, you're doing hill work. You know, you might have to shave back a couple of miles um, from what you were planning on doing because that the intensity load goes up a little bit. Yeah. So anyway, the point think? of the matter is the ten percent rule has been around forever, and it's still pretty legit. It's a safe it, way to progress your intensity mileage. It is. Yeah, we actually use it with shoes. So, like, if someone's like comes in and they're like, "I want to train in a minimalist shoe." And I've been running in the adrenaline, and I want to try the Kinvara. <laughs> we'll put a 10% rule at them and say, you're going to want to do 10% of your mileage in the Kinvara before you, like, oh, interesting. Yeah. throw them on and run in it every day. Yeah, yeah. Great. So, so yeah, we try to adhere to that 10% rule um, on the footwear. And then, yeah, in our training, we'll do that, too, um, yeah. the beginning runner group. Um do you so? What are some of the like uh, common injuries that beginning runners will get specifically that you see? Um, and then how can how can they avoid them? At, like in addition to gradually increasing their running, what are some other yeah. things like add to that training plan to make sure we yeah. get next week? So. If you go back and listen to all the talks we've had, there's probably a million little tidbits on how to do that, right? Um, and again, it's different with everyone because we don't know what their um, activity and athletic background is. But um, proper recovery, which we kind of hinted on, and yep. part of that needs to be proper rest. As mm -hmm. you know, I'm like a sleep, like uh, I'm a, yep. I can't emphasize enough. What's that? You're like a sleep guru. I don't know about a guru, but I'm like a drill sergeant with sleep. Like you need to get it because you're not going to function properly. So, right. but adequate recovery, adequate sleep um, will go a long way into reducing the amount of injury and illness. Some people just get sick as they start breaking down their body by increasing their right. physical activity. So that'll help. Um, proper warm up, 
you know, mm-hmm. dynamic warm-ups and foam rolling before the warm-up, g- doing your run, getting some nice mobility work in, especially if you're not a very flexible person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in a perfect world, you know, all your beginning running groups are too, doing a strengthening program. Like they're doing my, my five-week run strong program first or some yeah. sort of strengthening, and then they're doing the walking. So there's all that prep work to lead into it. Mm-hmm. Um, all those things will help. And do you need all of those? No. Um, you know, doing some things is better than nothing. So even just getting more sleep and making sure you get your recovery days in can mean a lot for someone. Um, mm-hmm. If you can't really control that because your job and you get young kids or whatever, maybe you need to do a better job foam rolling and the warming up. Just take control of what you can out of all those aspects. You know, mm-hmm. the bucket theory, as many holes that you can drill in the bucket, the, yeah, yeah. the better you're going to be, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of a, a general answer, but any of those um, self-care type of things will help. And as far as what we see initially with new runners, mm-hmm. I'd probably say it's between some sort of um, patella femoral type of pain, like d- distal IT band pain, a shin mm-hmm. splint, or an Achilles or a plantar fascia issue. I mean, okay. One of those three would be the top three. Yeah. yeah. And again, a lot of it's because those tissues aren't used to that impact in the load because these right. people might've went from zero to, yeah, even though they only ran total of what, 10 minutes that first time, right. That's still, you know, a few hundred um, repetitions of foot strike that they weren't used to. So mm-hmm. some of the, again, all that pre-work stuff will help reduce that. Right. Right. So I guess the, uh, the theme of this coffee talk is prep. Right. You got Just- it. Do do the work before. Now, how do you um, how do you get someone who is like injured, right? So they've come to you, they have like injury. How do they do the prep work? Like, do they just follow your like? You'll tell them, okay, these are the exercises you need to do, and then at this yeah. point, you're done. Uh, well, yeah, we, we we hope we have a a plan of action, so. You know, if they're hurt, they're going to come in. They're going to probably get some sort of manual intervention or some sort of therapy intervention that we're going to do. We're going to mm-hmm. modify their activity. Um, some people can continue to train. We just have to give them what's called relative rest. So mm-hmm. maybe they're only doing half of what your plan was supposed to be for week 12, right? Um, right. Because some people don't have to stop totally. An absolute shutdown of a runner is not great because any – tensile strength and any benefit you were getting as you were building up as soon as you go to absolute rest it starts to go back down again so a relative rest is better so we start talking about cross training get on the uh, elliptical get on your bike fortunately for us especially here in Pawtucket we have the alter g anti-gravity treadmill so we can keep people running we just unload take weight off their feet as much as we need to to get them pain-free so we can keep people running fully um, on that. And then as their injury is getting better, we start adding more weight back on until they're back on earth and running with normal gravity. Ah. Did I answer your question? Or did I go off on a tangent there? No, I think it was good. We, you know, we traveled to the moon and we came back to earth. You know? <laughs> That's right. I tend to do that a lot. <laughs> what is Alter G? What does that get you to? Like, can it get you to like running on the moon situation? Well, pretty close. We can take 80% of your body weight off. So for anyone listening that doesn't know what it is, the Alter-G is a, uh, uh, an anti-gravity treadmill. So it's a treadmill that's encased in this bubble. And you mm-hmm. put on a pair of shorts. We zipper you into this bubble. So your whole lower body is vacuum sealed into this chamber with, um, mm-hmm. with the treadmill. And then a computer 
um, controls how much air pressure goes into that chamber, and we can take uh, 1% of your body weight off or all the way up to 80. We can control it in 1% increments, which is really cool. That's so for awesome. someone that has a minor injury, yeah, we can keep them running. We might put them on there and just take 10, 15% of their body weight off, which is not much, and now they can run pain-free. So continuing the activity without the amount of load that causes injury is huge. It's awesome. We can actually, it's a better recovery than just shutting people down totally. Right. Cool, man. That yeah, thing's funny. I know. That try it sometime. I do. I think I tried it a few years ago. It was kind of, it was crazy. I felt like I was flying. I was running like two minute mile. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that kind of will segue into, we'll have to end because it's like, I got to get to work, but uh, kind of yeah. segue. <laughs> Maybe what we'll talk about next week, where we can talk about some of the the tools and things uh, that can help uh, make your running life successful. I mean, people yeah, might not be able to drop thirty grand Ultra G treadmill, but I wish it, I wish it was thirty grand. By the way, <laughs> yeah, insane. <laughs> it is, is it? Yeah, it sounds nuts. Yeah. But um, you know they. There are some other tools that are a little less expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll get prepared. We got lots of um, very runner-friendly self-care tools. And I'll just I'll gather them all in, and we can do a little demo of stuff. And cool, you yeah. Guys good, you guys have some great stuff at the store too. I'll get I'll gather some stuff together too. We can uh, we can chat about it. All right, we're gonna we're gonna play with some toys next week. This is good. Hey, well, <laughs> almost as fun as being dry needled, but almost not quite. <laughs> Um, cool well thanks for chatting with me and uh, always a pleasure thanks to everybody who tuned in and uh, yeah we'll uh, see you next week sounds good see you everybody bye Mike see you